Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, the Dew Sweeper. You're about to listen to an episode of The Tour Coach, which is going to give you an inside look at coaching golf at the very highest level from on the PGA Tour with my guys all the way to here at Mobile, Alabama in the Dew Sweeper Dome as we help folks of all skill levels, all walks of life, learn to achieve their golfing goals. All right, sitting in with me here on this edition of the Tour Coach. It's been a while. I hadn't had him on one-on-one in a while. He's sat in with a group and stuff. But uh, one of my favorite people in the world, one of the big influences on my teaching, from now down in South Florida, but he's still got the Louisiana accent, Mr. Colby Touye. Colby, what's up, my man? How we doing, Tony? It's weird talking to you because I'm so used to seeing you every couple weeks or so out on the PGA Tour or or somewhere, uh, and obviously that with the stuff going on we were just talking about is uh, not going to happen for a while. So, uh, it's going to kind of see how you're handling that. I've I've phrased this as you know we've got several clients and students in, in common where I've said, hey, this is a great opportunity to have an off season that you and I hardly ever get with a player. I mean, it, anymore, right? They work, it seems like, all year. So I've tried to phrase this as a positive to say, hey, let's use this time while you're home and you can go into work out or do some stuff on your own as an opportunity to get better. How are you approaching and handling this kind of unexpected time? You got some of the best players in the world. How are they handling it? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> just to kind of go with what you're saying too. You, know, you couldn't be more right, you know, with with uh, with the canceling of the tour for right now and postponing so many different events and things like that. Like the guys that I'm working with day in and day out, like I just basically told them that this is an opportunity for us to get better. Mm-hmm. So let's work on let's really work on things that's going to allow you to when you come back and when the tours in full swing and you kick off again and everybody's ready to roll, like you're going to be that far ahead of the curve. Like, don't let it, don't let it get you into a position where you feel like you have time and you just kind of like take a break from everything. I'm trying to push my guys to even work harder than they've ever worked before. They be able to get to the things like, even like with you and Lucas, like the things that you and Lucas may be working on week to week that I see him out on tour or seeing you on tour, like you and I basically sit down and come up with a plan of what we want out of Lucas in this in this point in time and what you want him working on to where when the season cranks back up, that he's going to be ready to go full tilt. You know, when this started, one of the things I thought of was the was the quote that's on the wall there from you and Joey D's where it says, the season favors the prepared. And I think one of the dangers for people is like they hear this, like there's this anticipation, well, it's going to be two months. I'm not going to play golf, but everybody you're competing out there, the best players in the world are trying to get better. And so this is a rare time where everybody's got an opportunity downtime to get their bodies ready, to get their game sharper, uh, improve things that maybe they weren't as good on. So if you're not out there working, in my opinion now, when everybody does restart, like there's not going to be very many people that are banged up when it starts back up. There's not going to be many people that aren't, haven't been working on it. You're going to be behind if you're not taking advantage of this time. No, I mean, you, I mean, you're right again. Like, I mean, this is what you and I always talk about. And, you know, and that's why, you know, I started that whole saying the season favors are prepared because working with these athletes, like you have to be, it's all a test, right? So, I mean, when you're the man in the arena, like you're the one that's going to be battle tested. You're the one that's got to go out there week in and week out and compete at your highest level. And 
we look at as if you're not prepared and the guy that you're going against is more prepared than you are, then you're most likely going to lose. You know, so what we want to create is a culture to where with our clientele and with our athletes is if you're, you're doing everything it takes to prepare to compete at the level you're trying to compete at. Um, and once they buy into that, that system and once they understand, then it's just going to work, you know, and it's putting the time in, it's putting the work in, you know, everybody sees, you know, that's the biggest myth, right? That you and I, mm-hmm. cause you and I see it because we're always together and we see the work that's put in and, Oh, you know, we just comment for, back and for forth. We that, know when a guy's yeah. not working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then for your listeners, and when you see them hold that trophy up on a Sunday, like you and I both know the hours and hours of, of dedication and commitment that that takes to get to that point. And that's something that we don't take lightly, you know. And, like, so from in the gym standpoint, you know, like I had a bunch of guys in the beginning, when they made that call when we were at the players, you know, I immediately got with, every one of my 11 guys and 11 girls that I got on the LPJ tour and said, Hey, like this is another opportunity for us to get better. Yep. And that's how we need to look at it. And we need to seize that opportunity to where when we, cause the season will play again and we need to be the ones that's going to be prepared more than anybody else. Exactly. And that's, it's funny. Cause that mirrors exactly. I did the same thing. As soon as we got that text, uh, and we knew, you know, Thursday night that 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 was it. You know, I sent the I did the same thing. I texted each one of my guys, whether it was PGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, you know, the the hard ones for me, to be honest, were more of the college guys that their season ended. Yep. I mean, that was a tough blow, yep. especially like for me, for a guy like uh, Andy Ogletree, who was staying there, won the U.S. Amateur just to try to win a national championship. And there's so much in doubt like that, those, you know, it's harder to get those plans. But for these tour players, it's like, hey, this is an opportunity. We're going to we're going to use it to get better. Uh, I thought we'd talk a little bit about. We hadn't had a chance just because it's crazy how the year kind of, you know, we went from working our ass off. He worked his ass off with you in the gym, had had a great year, made the top 30. Lucas Glover went right into the fall. Not much of an offseason. I wanted to you and I hadn't really sat down and on this and talked. Let's talk about the work y'all did that produced last year and why it was so important for his golf swing, because, um, you know, I think people would like to know that. And from my perspective, when, when I brought you into kind of consult and I, I explained some things was I felt like the, to hit the draw that he wanted to, he really needed to be able to turn better back into his right hip, right? And get turned deeper into the right hip so he could hit the ball more from the inside and he could do it with his turn instead of just his arms kind of lifting and dropping under plane and hitting a big sling hook. So let's talk about some of the things that you guys did in the gym that made that possible and also some of the effects that like I I knew he was going to hit it better and I knew he was going to get in better shape. I didn't know necessarily the speed was going to increase the way it did, but you saw that right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, I knew when, you know, when you and I first had the meeting and, you know, we did our our team planning and, and you know, the process that you and I were going to attack Lucas with. I remember when I walked out on the range that first day when we met with him and I looked at you after watching hit four or five balls. I mean, because his swing is a swing. I mean, Lucas is so pure as far as (laughs) just from a swing standpoint. And I just looked at you and I was like, get ready. Right. You know, so. And it was kind of like a joke that we talked about. And I was like, just, I mean, just get ready. So, um, cause I knew 
based on just watching him swing and watching his body move and just the stuff that you and I had discussed about his swing in general, that I knew that we were going to make huge advancements for Lucas just from a strength and conditioning standpoint. So what we wanted to do with him when I got him in the gym and we went through some testing, he had some limited hip mobility. But what he also had was a lot of instability in his lower body. Right. So when you look at from the hips and things like that, we knew, you know, having some issues like with his knees in the past and stuff that he's had, you know, he had some, mm-hmm. some stuff going on with his knee prior to he and I working together. And basically when the knee's not stable, then that's going to affect the hip mobility. And for Lucas to turn deeper into his right side that you needed from him, we had to get his lower half more stable. Like we had to get his knee more stable to create more hip mobility. We had to get his lumbar spine more stable to create more thoracic spine mobility. So all that from a mobility and a stability standpoint was one thing. But what we also wanted to do for him is what I want to do when I started with Lucas and I told him, is like, I'm going to make you stronger. Because if you're trying to hit it farther or if you're trying to swing it faster, we have to get stronger because it just correlates to speed. It's just it's energy and it's, it's force that we're creating through the ground and coming up through a swing. And like what you needed for him to not to get to where he was compensating with all the different muscles to try to create kind of like almost like fake speed. Right. But if I got his body moving correctly and getting him stronger in the right places, then he can use his pivot like you wanted him to use, and he can turn the bigger muscles and create more speed with that to where he can control the plane of the club. And then I knew it was going to be a game-changer for him. And then, you know, what we did, and I remember you told me, I remember when we went to the players that same year, you guys had retested some some swing speed and stuff like that, the players the following year that we were. And we'd only been working together for about four months. But he really dedicated himself to the process and he bought in and he trusted that what we were doing was going to help him. And I remember I got the text message from you first about his club speed going up. And he texts me like literally like 30 minutes later with the same numbers and going like with the jokers, like, what are you doing to me? You know? So, um, and that's kind of like the aha moment that we have with players, right? When they understand that we're all working together for the common goal and how it all kind of, that's what I love about working with you because We've done it for so long that we've had these moments in time where we're working with a player and it kind of really gels together and we start to see the end product of them buying into the process and the team format. You know, a couple things like one, two, that, you know, and and this is something that I've learned a lot from you is so when I first worked, you know, you if you looked at Lucas or you looked at a couple of these guys just walking on the range, you would have thought, man, he's plenty flexible, right? I mean, he's super lean, you know, looked in great shape. Obviously, you wouldn't realize that he had limited mobility or there were issues that were restricting what he was trying to do. And that's what I think is interesting is like people just assume because a guy's in pretty good shape that he's strong enough, that he's flexible enough, or he's stable enough. And that's why I think it's important that the that the person like you or the person like me communicate and work together because you got to know what the person's trying to do in the golf swing to be able to train them. Oh, correct. I mean, I can't – I mean, like I said, like it's always been a blessing to be able to work with someone as talented as you are as a teacher and to be able to merge those two concepts together because it's like anything else, like – 
to get someone strong, and you've heard me say this so many times before, getting strong is easy. I mean, anybody can get strong. So, I mean, there's plenty of really strong people that don't hit a golf ball very far. <laughs> see you know it all I mean? the time. <laughs> because, because you see it all the time. Like, and even like the guys that I train, like my NFL guys that are so strong, but if you put a golf club in their hand, it's like they don't know what to do. And they can't create the same force because strength is strength, right? But functional strength is completely different. And you can be as strong as you want to be, but if you don't have the neuromuscular control or the dynamic stability to be able to turn and move your body into those or get into those positions that they need to get into to make that swing, it's never going to happen. Yep. You know, so for me, like it's always like taking someone like Lucas that looks strong on the outside and is fairly okay strong, but when you put him on his right leg, you realize that his whole right side doesn't work, which correlates in him not being able to load his right side. Correct. And then when you put him in a in a rotary position and you see that he's only got ten degrees of thoracic uh, turn into his right side, that but goes back to correlating into why he can't load his trail side as good as he can that you need him to. And that affects his, from a mechanical standpoint, from a biomechanical standpoint, and from a kinetic chain standpoint. Now we can identify all those weaknesses he has in those in that kinetic chain, and we go in and we adapt and we fix all those those gaps. And then all of a sudden, his body begins to move efficiently. His body begins to move without the compensatory stuff that's going on in his swing prior to before. And now when you have all the muscles functioning properly and in that sequence, it's a game changer for athletes. It's a game changer for someone like Lucas Glover, who's already a great golfer, but we're able to make him better. We're, right. we're able to go like, you know, one of the biggest stats he told me last year and it blew my mind too, because I didn't even realize it. We were sitting down one day and he goes, man, you realize in 23 events, Lucas had 20, 19 top 20 finishes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. Like he should be the poster child of last season, the consistency of, and that's why he had the year he had, because, you know, it's, it's a completely different ball game when his body's able to do what you need him to be, be able to do in the golf swing. And then just not in general too, like when the body's better, the mind's better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tell people all the time, there's nothing more that's going to free your mind up as if your body frees your mind up for you. Because now you can do the things that you're trying to do. And you're not trying to force them. And you're not trying to find something to do to try to get you to do it. Now you can just do it on your own. And and then, you know, uh, I think it's a fascinating case study. It, and because, it, one, uh, just all the things you talked about. So, like, he didn't have, you know, when you put him on one leg on his right side, I mean, it didn't work. And yet, and so then he would, he could make it on video, fake it, look like he was turning back, but really his arms were lifting and he wasn't getting loaded. And then he could make it look good going through, but he wasn't using his pivot and he wasn't using the things that, that, you know, I would have chose that, that he used. And, and so to me, the funny thing is, is like, and obviously he's had tremendous and huge success through his career, but like fundamentally there's parts of his golf swing now because his body's better. He actually swings the club maybe better than he ever has. No, I mean, I agree. I mean, I can tell I can be with Lucas in the gym and I'll text you. And I'm like, he's going to be, he's, he's so good. You know what I mean? Like you and I have these conversations like 
throughout the week where you'll be on the range with him and you're telling me stuff and I'll be in the gym with him and I'm telling you stuff. And that's what I meant before by the whole, the merging and how it's, it's a team. Like nobody's really guessing out here. Like when we're on the team, like we're all on the same page, we're communicating with each other because our, our goal is to get him to play his best golf ever, you know? And, and for Lucas too, what was, it was so awesome to see was how, man, he just bought in, he bought into it and he trusted it. And I mean, I would like, he was always, I mean, I would call you after our workouts and be like, man, he's doing great. I mean, he's really turned, you know, he's, he's able to separate, he's able to do this. And I can see him getting stronger because what he did in the first, the first day when he came in that he had trouble doing, now he's doing it like with, it's so easy, it's not even funny. And I always remind him about how hard it was before. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to shift gears a little because obviously Lucas has been a fantastic success story. But and and but and every and I think everybody just thinks out there that if you go work out and you go train and you do some of these things that you're that it's going to make your golf swing better. But I, I've sent you somebody not too terribly long ago and asked for some help. Whereas, like if you're not doing the right things, it can make it harder to do what you're trying to do in the golf swing, or make it harder to perform. And I, I don't know that every good player, and certainly, I don't think every average golfer or golfer listening to you and I that just wants to play better gets that that just going and doing a bunch of stuff doesn't necessarily mean it's going to make your golf swing better if you're doing the wrong stuff it can make your golf swing worse and make you perform worse oh we talk you and I talk about it all the time and I tell guys all the time too it's the same thing like like just going in a gym and mindlessly just doing these pro an exercise that you think that you got out of a magazine or you got out of these different things like that. Like if it doesn't have a purpose and it doesn't have a reason behind it, you're just kind of going through the motions. Like will you get in better shape? Yeah, you're getting better shape. But when we look at from a sports specificity standpoint, when we look at from a golf swing standpoint, there are specific things that if you just, if you're doing the wrong stuff, that's going to be the precursor to make you play even worse. Mm -hmm. Because if you have trouble getting into your right side or loading properly, and I put you on these compound movements that you basically can cheat it. So if I put you on a leg press, I'm like, oh, man, you're doing great. You're pushing 500 pounds on the leg press. That doesn't, correlate, that doesn't cross over into your golf swing. But if I put you on one leg, on your right leg and show you, because if your right leg's weaker than your left leg, you can't tell on a leg press. Mm-hmm. But if your right leg's weaker than your left leg, you can tell if I put you on one leg and ask, ask you to do something dynamic. Right. So those are the things for us from a training standpoint that people don't really grasp from a training standpoint in sports specific, they call it. Because golf is a rotary sport. So you got a bunch of golfers that are in gyms or working out on their own and they're not rotating. And they don't understand why they can't get to their left side. Or they don't understand why they only do, they, they pick the club straight up and they can't turn deeper into their right side. Because when you think about sports specific, they're not doing things that's going to allow them to do it. And then when you bring me a high-level player, right, like you said before, and then we break him down and I call you and go, well, he can't do X, he can't do Y, and he can't do Z. And you go, well, that's why he can't do so X. That's why he can't get deeper into his right side. I'm like, absolutely, that's exactly why. But we're going to do it this week, and then he'll be able to do it. And you're like, okay, go ahead and do it. And then he'll go see you again, and you're like, it's, it's fixed. He's, he's good now. But you got to continue to do it because you can't be like, okay, I'm good now. Because that's a lot of times too. 
like a lot of times people think they'll do an exercise. I'll give you stuff to do for your hip mobility. And they think they just do it two or three times and they're past it. Let's go do something else. But those are things that you're always going to have to do. Right. So then that was going to be, I was going to ask you like, you know, to me, it's like the things that you have to monitor in a player's golf swing. It's like their DNA, right? Like they're all, you always got to pay attention to them. And if you don't pay attention to them, they'll creep back in. And to me, it has seen from our experience and the, and the players I've worked with, with you, it's the same thing. So if you, if, if your right hip mobility is something you got to watch. You've always got to watch it. Or if you neglect it for two months, hell, it's going to come, it's going to go right back to where it was when you started. If you're not careful. No, you're correct. I mean, that's why there's, it's, it goes back to fundamentals, right? It's just like the golf swing. Like, so it's just like in human movement, there's fundamentals. Like we have to do some spine movement. We got to get the spine moving better. We got to get the hips moving better. We got to get the knee stable. We got to get the foot stable to get better ankle mobility. So all those things are the basic fundamentals of human movement. And those are my, those are my go-tos in either movement prep or in the program design for individuals that are trying to play better golf. And and what to me becomes apparent as a player goes along is um, their awareness after they've been on these programs with whether their body's working well and how it's doing or not. Whereas I think when I, when they start before they get into that, they oftentimes think it's just their golf swing, right? Uh, where guys will be like, Oh, I'm just not hitting it. What's wrong. Whereas now if a guy's pretty deep in the program and he understands the things he's doing may have a day he doesn't hit it well. And he's like, man, I got to get back in the gym or I got to get back to doing these exercises. My body's just not working as well as it used to. And I think that's a big piece of the puzzle for improving performance, understanding like, am I not doing a good enough job working on my golf swing or is my body just not doing good enough to allow me to do it? Well, it's like I tell them all the time, and you hear me say this to I've said this to number one players in the world, to people in the top 30 in the FedEx Cup, and like all this stuff is the same thing, and I'm going to tell them to I'll take my last breath. <laughs> that club does not move till you pick it up. So if you think that that golf swing doesn't have to do 100% of how your body moves and how your body can perform, factually, that's just not true. Because as long as you got, if, until you pick the club up, it's not going to move. And then you're the machine. You're the machine that's going to swing that club. And that's what I enjoy about working with you because we're almost, we're with the swing and how the body moves. We understand how it can coexist and how you've got to have, it's, it's the marriage of the two that's going to allow these guys to play their best that they've ever dreamed of. You know, and another example for that for me is, uh, so a young, uh, a young guy that I think when I say his name, you'll say has got as much talent as anybody, hits it phenomenally long, and, and one of the really good people we work with, Tom Lovelady. Well, Tom, had, his rookie year, had a stretch where he played phenomenal golf, and then he got to where he wasn't playing as good, and we sat down and looked at videos, and he's talking about the things that he wanted to do in the golf swing. And I pulled up a video of that we shot on the golf course uh, down at, at the Honda a few years ago, his rookie year, and then pulled up a video now. And it was really clear that the reason the club didn't function in the same ways that he wanted was because he physically wasn't quite as sharp or in as good a shape. And some of those things may have been neglected as they were before. And, what did he do? He comes down there, he gets in the gym with you. But I mean, that's another example of, I, there's very few times to me that when a player 
says to me, like, pull up this video of when I was playing my best golf. And then you look at where they are and maybe they're not playing their best. There's very few times that you don't look at it and you're like, well, physically they were better too then. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't, like I tell people all the time, like you can't hide it. (laughs) So at the end of the day, like when their body's moving the way it's meant to move and they're in, in, in that type of tip top condition to be able to perform at those levels, like that's the game changer. Like you got to think about it when those guys are usually playing their best, they're in the gym three times a week. They're doing the mobility work. Like when I, even I'm on the road with guys, like the reason why we got a lot of success when I'm on the road with my guys is because that accountability is there. And like, I'm putting them through the mobility stuff six, seven days a week. When I get there on Monday, we start and we're doing it seven days a week. We're working out. We're doing actually four lifts during the week, during the tournament week. Like we're actually doing four like strength and conditioning program lifts that we have designated throughout the week. We're doing mobility work post round. We're doing activation movement prep pre round. Like, and that goes all the way from Monday to Sunday, you know, and I've got some, and I can, I mean, I can be willing to say without a doubt that any one of those guys that you talk to by Sunday, they feel unbelievable. Right. Their bodies feel unbelievable. They feel like everything's doing what it wants to do. And for them, it's just easy for them to go out there and execute the plan and play golf. Talk a little bit about the stuff you do with a player before round. Because I, you know, and look, to me, like, obviously the average golfer, but like so many college golfers and young golfers don't have a clue about the difference between what the best players in the world do pre-round to get ready to go play. Yeah, I mean, from from for me, it's fairly it's pretty elementary for me. But to get into detail, like we have to get the body ready to go play golf. What, there's so many people out there, and the reason why you have 20 and 30 handicaps is because they play golf. That's to get ready to play golf. They go hit a golf ball. So when you get into the elite and the best players in the world, they actually get their body ready first to hit a golf ball instead of showing up five minutes before the tee time, running the range and hit a bunch of golf balls to get ready to play golf. We show up two hours before tee time. We get his body ready to hit a golf ball. So we raise the core temperature up. We do mobile movement prep. So we work the spine. We work the hips. We work the shoulders. We work the core. We work balance. We work proprioception. We work speed. We work rotary power in his dynamic warm-up, in his movement prep. And then once we do that, and that takes about 20 to 25 minutes, and then we go through his mobility stretching protocol, and then he walks out of the trailer that's at the PGA Tour, and he walks onto the driving range, and now he's ready to hit a golf ball. They don't show up, you know, 15 minutes before the tee time, jump out jump <laughs> out their rental car or their courtesy car, go to the range, and hit like 10 or 12 golf balls, and then expect to go play good golf. And that's I think, so, the difference, though, is like uh-huh. so people, the tour players, the best players in the world aren't using the 25 golf balls they hit before they go play to get their body warm and going. Hell, the dang thing's already warmed up. It's already running when they get. Yeah, there. the best players in the world. And that's something good for even when I work with collegiate players and when I do collegiate programs for universities and I'm talking to them and I'm, I'm doing some consulting for like Division One programs, like the biggest thing that I show these college athletes are and what I put the first thing in place is a movement prep pre-round 
warm up. Mm -hmm. Like those are the things that you have to start doing. That's going to allow you. You got to treat your body just like you treat your short game. Like when I do camps with you, I tell them all the time, like you will sit out there till dark trying to hit a draw, (laughs) but you won't spend or hit a fade, but you won't spend 15 minutes on your body. And if you spend the 15 minutes on your body every day that I'm telling you to do, you're going to be able to hit that draw whenever you want. Mm -hmm. No question. Because your body's going to allow you to load the right side better. It's going to allow your arms to stay on the plane that you want to do. You're going to be able to use your pivot better. You're going to be able to use and generate force from the ground up. And then golf starts to become a lot easier when the body moves correctly. No question about it. And 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 let's as we wrap it up. Talk. What do you do with the guys post round during the week? And does it change by the day, or do you do the same thing post round? You know, all through the week, or once the tournament starts. So once the tournament starts, like it, it, it changes it sometimes. It just depends on what wave the guys are in. So if the guys are on a morning wave, so after their round, we're lifting. Like I'll usually set them up in their lifting programs in the, in the evening after the morning round. If the guys are in the evening rounds, on the evening wave, right, the later rounds, then we'll do basically just movement prep. So, like, we'll get them do like kind of like a – almost like a cool down, but it's more lighter. It's more like body movement to make sure everything's good and lined up or maybe do some soft tissue work and some treatment, just some dynamic flexibility and mobility work, maybe do some light bands or something like that too. And then the next phase is different. So the, if I've got three guys in the morning wave the next day, so Friday they're working out. You know, so it's all mm-hmm. about just – what we're trying to create from my programming standpoint is I want you to be in tune with your body so much that you can come off the golf course and tell me what part of your body you felt wasn't working as good during the round. And we can attack that for you. Because if it, like what you said, if a player understands his body and how his body is supposed to move, then He's just going to be better in general about everything because he's completely connected with his body and his swing connection. Agree, and I think almost every time the what they're talking about in the body also mirrors what they felt on the golf course in their golf swing. To me, there's such symmetry there between the two, and I think the better the player and the teacher and the fitness, you know, the trainer like yourself, all work together, and the more they're all on the same page, I think the better the player is going to be in the long run, and and the better the performance is going to be. No, I mean I couldn't agree more. I mean that's why I've I've said it a thousand times on a thousand podcasts that you know you being able to work with you and work with your players is a game changer because when everybody's on the same page and everybody's got the same goal, it it runs like a machine and it's truly a game changer. Colby, you're the best. Uh, appreciate you sitting in. Appreciate all the help and everything you do for me all through the year. Stay safe out there. Hopefully uh, everybody can keep coming in the gym and getting better. And I know as soon as the gun goes off and we're ready to be out there, I know we're going to have these guys ready to play. Oh, we're going to be ready. I know we are. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. You got it. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Tour Coach with Tony Ruggiero. If you enjoyed this, make sure to hit subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this podcast. You can stay up to date because we have weekly episodes coming your way with fascinating people in the world of golf instruction at the highest level. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. If you want to learn more about Tony, head over to dosweepersgolf.com. 
Com to get all the details on what he's up to. Maybe you want to see him, grab a lesson, or go to one of his camps, pick up his book, Lessons from the Legends. You can do that there. If you want to see Tony in action with some videos and other content, head over to golfsciencelab.com slash Tony to get more info there. This episode was powered by the Golf Science Lab and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. There's one thing if you know about me, if you listen, if you've listened to the Dew Sweepers, you've come to see me, listen to me talk, is you know I'm big on loyalty. We give 100% here at the Dew Sweepers. We put a lot of emotional investment into everything we do with every one of our players. And the same can be said for our partners and the folks that have been with us for the long haul and help the Dew Sweepers, uh, help our juniors, help us get to our tour players. And so I want to thank, give a special thanks to our sponsors. Our sponsors are first and foremost, Buick and our local Buick dealers here around the Southeast, Shrixon Cleveland Golf, who've been with me for over a dozen years and their belief and support of what we do here with the Dew Sweepers. And lastly, the folks at Vineyard Vines. The folks at Vineyard Vines love what we do with junior golf. They support us on the road. There isn't a better family or group of people that are going to help us look our best, play our best, and have more fun than the folks at Vineyard Vines. So special thanks to our sponsors. Please support those as you get the opportunity. And for more information about any of those, check us out at dewsweepersgolf.com, or you can always check me out on Instagram at the Dewsweeper. Sweeper.